With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the sermon for the fourth new moon. Fourth month of the year. June 22nd, 2020. And the subject is, even the most poor should pay tithes. Even the poor must be obedient to the law of tithes. Let's go in prayer. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for Robert's new job. Thank you, Father, for getting us through another month. Thank you, Father, for Philo the cat. Thank you, Father, for the message that has been prepared for this day. Thank you for your continued mercy and grace. Thank you for the congregations in Algeria and the pastors there. Thank you for our brother Meekness. Thank you, Father, for all of our brothers and our sisters across the world. We ask, Lord, for your help this day for people who are that might be having trouble connecting to the Internet for that to be resolved. For all technical difficulties with TalkShoe and with Mixler, for those to be resolved. We pray, Lord, that your people be able to listen to this sermon for their edification, for their increase in understanding and obedience to you and to your will. We pray, Lord, that this message will help somebody be more complete in you, more understanding, more faithful, more trusting of your goodness and of your power and ability. We pray that the church be edified and that you be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 8. Two Corinthians chapter eight. Hmm. Strange. Huh? Try joining up here on the mixer. Yeah, see if it's broadcasting on Mixler. We're just going to pause, make sure that we are actually getting through across the internet. Because I'm puzzled about the total absence of everyone, so. 
make for sure we're getting across the internet here. It looks like it from here, but I can't tell. It shows you're signed in. Oh yeah. Testing one, two, three. Yeah, I can hear my voice. So we're going across. Nothing wrong with the connection. So okay. Thank you for checking. Okay, two Corinthians chapter eight. This is on page uh one ninety six. Sorry that I didn't mention the, the fourth new moon on the seventh day, just a couple of days ago, but I had forgotten and overlooked it and didn't realize it was coming up that quick, even though it's right there on the calendar. It's really small letters, and I can't really uh, make it out from here, and I got so many things going on that... Uh, it's easy for me to overlook certain things, and it'll help also if we circle it, make it stand out that date right there. So, but nevertheless, everybody at home needs to have a calendar with the dates marked for the new moon. So if you don't have that yet, I really encourage you to look at the calendars for the new moons and write it down on a printed calendar on the wall and maybe even program it also into your telephones and things like that to remind you for everybody to be mindful to tune in for the new moon and it was thankfully i had uh brother robert here to help remind me bring it to my attention just in time to where I can get something prepared and we praise the Lord that he also, that the Father did give a message. Amen. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 through 6, verse 1, Now, brethren, we want to make known to you the grace of Theos, which has been given. Boom. Praise the Lord right there. Amen. The grace of Theos that has been given. That jumps out to me because God does give. Amen. He is a provider. And He is merciful. And if we obey Him, He will show us that mercy. Amen. He doesn't show much mercy or much grace, either one, to people that are disobedient. Amen. But if we are following Him, serving Him, loving on Him, then He will show us more grace and more mercy. Amen. And it says, which has been given in the congregations, not to the lawless, not to the disobedient, but in the congregations of the called out ones of Macedonia, that place, that in a great ordeal of affliction, 
their abundance. <laughs> their abundance of joy. Amen. And their deep poverty. Overflow. Woo! I'm a shouting because I know what the Bible says about pressed down and overflowing. That he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to us. Amen. Even though our poverty might be deep, that only provides a deeper pocket, a deeper hole to fit more of the blessings of God. Amen. The deeper the pit, the more blessings that can fit in it. Amen. The poor can receive more blessings from God than what the rich can. Amen. Because the rich, their pockets are already full. They can't fit no more. But the poor, they have room for the overflowing abundance that God gives us. Amen. Not only in physical things, but in mental, emotional, and spiritual things. Amen. And God gives us joy if we look upon Him. Amen. You know, the Bible does talk about how handsome that David was and other men of God and women of God, how beautiful that they were. That's not always true everywhere on this earth. But there's a reason why the Bible speaks of those handsome and beautiful men and women of God in the Bible. Because when you look at something beautiful, whether it's a person, an animal, a painting, nature itself, it brings a smile to your face. Amen. We like looking at beautiful people. We like looking at beautiful things. Amen. And when you look at God and His beauty and His wonderful and perfect image, you can't help but to smile. Amen. If you look at God, you cannot help but to smile. The more that you pay attention to Him, the more joy that you will have. Amen. The abundance of joy and deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their... How do you say that? Liberality. Liberality. And it's talking about, even though these people were poor in that town, they were being liberal with their money, offerings, tithes, and offerings to the ministry, to Paul. Amen. That's exactly what it's talking about. Verse 3, For I testify that according to their ability of whatever they could, and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, willingly, willingly, without somebody having to twist their arm. They, of their own accord, willingly gave according to what they were able to, and even more than what they were able to give. Amen. But they were poor people, and they still gave more than they could really afford. These were not people who were carnal-minded. Amen. These were not people that were overflowed with 
anxiety and worry about their finances. Amen. These were people that put God first, knowing that God could bless them, that God could take care of them, that God would provide for them if they put the kingdom, the ministry first. Amen. Praise God. They trusted God. Amen. And it says here, verse 4, begging us with much urging for the favor of propitiation in the support of the saints. They begged Paul to let them give into the finances of the ministry. Basically saying to him, don't withhold our financial responsibility. Let us pay our share of the finances. Amen. Verse 5, And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of Theos. So in other words, they didn't expect them to be so generous with their gifts and offerings, tithes and offerings. But because they had given themselves to the Lord first. This was the way that they did. It was according to what God wanted them to do. Amen. So we urged Titus that as he had previously made a beginning, so he would also complete in you this gracious work as well. Amen. God is so good. Amen. And there are other Bible verses as well that teach the exact same thing. Poverty is not an excuse for disobedience to God's commandments. Amen. But we see all across the world, in America and outside of America, in our modern society, people always want to make excuses. That, well, I've got to take care of my children. I got to pay my electric bill. I got to pay my rent. I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't afford to obey God. And when they say that, that is showing they don't trust God to provide. They always want to use the excuse of poverty. But these people were in deep poverty. And still gave beyond what was required. Amen. Even without Paul expecting it of them. Without somebody twisting their arm. They followed God's will. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Mark 12. Mark chapter 12. That's a good example for us. Amen. Mark 12 verse 41. Page 60, verse 41, and we'll go down through the end of the chapter, verse 44 as well. Mark 12, verse 41, and he sat down opposite of the treasury, and that is where they kept the money for the offerings and tithes in the temple of God, a box where people would put their tithes and offerings in. And he began, Jesus began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came 
and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly, or amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. Now, physically, that wasn't true physically, carnally speaking. But spiritually speaking, this was absolutely true that she was given more than anyone else. Because, verse 44, they put in out of their surplus just what they had left over, even if it was a lot of money. But she, out of her poverty, amen, put in all that she owned, all that she had to live on. Her out of all people, being a widow, not having much money at all, could have used the excuse, I'm only a widow. The church is supposed to take care of me. I am poor. I am in poverty. This is all I have left. I need to keep it for food. But she gave all that she had, even if it was just a little bit. And God saw that and respected that and honored that and exalted her to his disciples. Amen. He thought so much of what she did, he couldn't keep it to himself. He says, hey, you disciples, come here, boys. I got to tell you something. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Old Testament, the book of Kings, and the book of History. 1 Kings 17. God is good. Amen. 1 Kings 17, verse 7. And we'll go from there down through verse 16. 1 Kings 17, verse 7. Page 121 in the history book. <sighs> Page, I mean, uh, verse 7. Page 121, 1 Kings 17, verse 7. And it came to pass, after some time, that the brook, or the creek, was dried up, because there had been no rain upon the land. We know that was because Elijah had prayed for no rain. Amen. God answered his prayer. And the word of Jesus came to Elijah, saying, Arise, and go to Sapphata of the Sardanian land. Behold, I have there commanded a widow woman to maintain you. Amen. He didn't send Elijah to a rich man to take care of him. 
but rather to a widow woman to take care of him, to take care of the prophet of God. Amen. Verse 10, And he arose and went to that town, Saphata, and came to the gate of the city. And behold, a widow woman was there, gathering sticks. And Elijah cried after her, and said to her, Fetch me, I pray you, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Amen. And that was the practice of the day, that the men would tell the women to do the chore of such a simple thing, to go to a well and draw out water for the men. Jesus did the same thing. And verse 11, And she went to fetch it, and Elijah cried after her and said, Bring me, I pray you, a morsel of the bread that is in your hand. And the woman said, As Jesus, your Theos, lives, I have not a loaf, but only a handful of meal in the picture, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm going to gather two sticks, and I shall go in and dress it for myself and my children, and we shall eat it and die. Now, she was not being very faithful at that moment. Amen. But, because we already know what happened, we must also believe that this woman had just been wore down over time. Amen. And had lost hope. But at one point of time, I believe that she had been a faithful woman. Amen. For God to have reached out to her. And also knowing that she would be obedient to this prophet. Amen. But she had lost hope at this particular time. In verse 13, Elijah said to her, Be of good courage. Go in and do according to your word about making this meal. But make me thereof a little loaf and you should bring it out to me first. And you should make some for yourself and your children last. For thus saith Jesus, the picture of meal shall not fail. And the cruise of oil shall not diminish until the day that Jesus gives rain upon the earth. And the woman went and did so, and did eat she and he and her children. And the picture of meal fell not. And the cruise of oil was not diminished, according to the word of Jesus, which he spoke by the hand of Elijah. Amen. Praise Jesus. The principle of this is, even though she was extremely poor in deep poverty, she had only enough for one meal left. She still was obedient to God and to the minister and did obey it didn't take much coaching even though she had given up hope she was obedient and God was faithful amen and God provided even when there was very very little even when Jesus had blessed the small amount of fish and bread and fed thousands of people twice that that occurred. Same thing happening here 
that he takes a little and makes it a lot. Amen. So we may have just a little, but he can make it a lot if we are obedient to him. Even if we pretty much gave it up. Even if we are on our last straw. If we would just be obedient to him. He will be faithful to his promises and his covenants. Amen. When I look at all these cases and other cases throughout the Bible, I really don't see any exception in Scripture for paying tithes. I really don't. The first 10% of all of our increase belongs to God. Regardless of whether we are poor or middle class or rich. Amen. The only exception that I could think of, even though it's not in the Bible, is if that a pastor of truth, a true pastor, I'm not talking about a Babylonian pastor, but a true pastor of God who preaches the truth was to tell you to keep the funds because it would cost more or it would be time consuming to transfer the money right back to you. That you would give it to me and then I would just give it right back to you. It would be time consuming in certain cases or a waste of money. If you have to pay a Western Union fee and then I have to pay the Western Union fee to send the money right back to you, then that would be a waste of money. So that would be the only exception that I could really think of. There may be others, but the only one that could come to my mind thus far. And I have done that many times, told people just keep the tides because it would just be foolish for you to pay a fee to send it and I would send it right back to you because that you are either a widow or you're in poverty. But in the ideal situation, where there would be a local pastor in that particular town or that particular state or that particular nation where that person is, then they wouldn't have to pay a fee for Western Union to send it to me or to their local pastor, rather. And then the pastor wouldn't have to pay another Western Union fee or a bank transfer fee or whatever to send it right back to that poor person. So it would work if there was the ideal situation of a local pastor for each member of the congregation in their local area. And in that ideal situation where you may have a local pastor of truth, what would happen is the person in poverty, the poor person, would still pay their tithes. And then if that person needs financial assistance from the church, then they would request financial assistance from the church, from the pastor. And the pastor would make a determination, a decision, about whether or not that person is able to work, what their needs really are, and whether or not that person is being wasteful or irresponsible with their money. And whether that someone else is responsible for that person, such as a husband, a brother, uncle, or son, that should be fulfilling their responsibility. And the pastor would also need to consider all the other needs of other people 
and the needs of the ministry as well. Then the pastor would make a decision about whether or not to help that person with the tithes that they had paid or possibly with the tithes from other people as well. But just being poor, just being poor, just that all by itself, is not an excuse and is not an exception to disobey God in the commandment of tithes. I really don't see any Bible verse or example in the Bible to where a poor person was given a free pass of disobedience to the commandment of tithes, but rather the exact opposite. They were still required in every case in the Bible to still give their tithe. Even in prison, I believe that the law of tithes can be applied, even in that desperate situation. Because in prison, they do have jobs where they can make a little bit of money, like $5 a week, $5 a month, stuff like that. And people, family, friends send them money and stuff like that. And I believe even in that case that they can pay their tithes. If there's a true pastor of truth in that prison with them, because they can't send money outside of prison that I know of, but if they have, if they have a true pastor in their midst in that prison, then that would, uh, and if that pastor would be such a man that would greatly consider the needs of others, not just himself, and he would put God and the truth first, being a true pastor, then the times can be paid to that pastor who is in prison. Pastors can eat and drink and pay their own personal needs by using tithes, including that prisoner pastor. So he would be able to collect tithes from the other prisoners. He would be able to buy crackers and the things that a prisoner needs for his own well-being. But then he would also need to consider the needs of the others as well, the needs of the ministry, the needs of his ministry in prison, how he can witness and help and share with others. Of course, if a person is being wasteful, such as buying cigarettes, then the pastor has no financial responsibility toward that person, regardless of their poverty. If the person has the money to buy $5 pack of cigarettes, that pastor has no financial responsibility to take care of that person's food and rent and so forth since that person's being irresponsible and wasteful. Amen. If there is not a true pastor available locally, the tithes should be sent elsewhere, even internationally. If at all possible, if there's no local pastor, then the, they should seek out a pastor of truth in another town, another county, another state, another nation, and send it to that one, if not locally, if at all possible. And it's almost always possible. It's almost always possible if the person is willing to do what's necessary, such as obtain a bank account or use Western Union, or use MoneyGram, or whatever that the technique would be for that particular person in that particular situation. And if still not possible, 
then the tithes can also, of course, be used to help local friends, family, neighbors, homeless, nonprofit organizations, printing flyers, buying Bibles, whatever local ministry that that person could take care of with their tithes would still be acceptable, would still be going to the ministry. However, we must realize that there are verses in the Bible, more than one, that says to not forget the minister, the Levi, the representative of God. So, people should try to do that and not just spend it on their family and friends and stuff like that. If possible, and I believe most of the time, 99% of the time, it is possible for a person to get the tithes to the appropriate pastor uh, for their region. I believe it's possible almost all of the time. Let's go to the book of Malachi now, which is in Prophets. Malachi 3, which is right there, almost the last page of the um, book of prophets. Malachi 3, verses 1 through 11. Malachi 3, verse 1. Uh, this reads a lot different from New American Standard and King James. and I don't know exactly how 100% accurate it is and what needs to be changed. I will sometime or another probably look at this more carefully. But let's just read it the way it is and, and see how it comes out here. Verse 1. Behold, I send forth my messenger, and he shall survey the way before me. And Jesus, whom you seek, shall suddenly come into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you take pleasure in. Behold, he is coming, saith Jesus Almighty. So this messenger that's preparing the way, surveying the way, in one sense is speaking about John the baptizer. But in another sense, it is also speaking of the two witnesses that's preparing the way for the actual second coming of Jesus Christ that God sends messengers, representatives of his kingdom to prepare for the coming of the Lord and get the people ready. Amen. And in another way, it could be applied for any minister that is in the truth, that is preparing the way for the Lord as well. And verse 2, And who will uh, abide the day of his coming? Or who will withstand at his appearing? For he is coming in as a fire of a furnace and as a soap of washing. He shall sit to melt and purify as it were silver and as it were gold. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and refine them as gold and silver. And they shall offer to Jesus an offering in righteousness. And the sacrifice of Judah and Jerusalem shall be pleasing to Jesus according to the former days and according to the former years. I will draw near to you in judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the witches and against the adulterous 
and against them that swear falsely by my name, and against them that keep back the hireling's wages. That means those that are oppressing their employees and those that are not paying tithes because the men of God are the, the people that God have hired for his work. And them that oppress the widow and afflict orphans. And we know that tithes and offerings are supposed to go to the minister and to the widow and to the orphans and to the work of God and other things. So you can absolutely apply these verses to people that are not paying their tithes and offerings. And you will see that in the following verses as well to confirm that that can be applied toward what we're reading right now. And that prevent the justice of the immigrant convert. Amen. And that do not fear me. He's coming against the people that do not fear him. He's coming against those that prevent the justice of the immigrant convert. You know, the work of God, the tithes and offerings are supposed to help the converts, the Gentile converts. Amen. We are funding the Gentile converts in Algeria, United Arab immigrants, Zimbabwe, and so forth. Amen. But we couldn't do so if it wasn't for the tithes. Amen. We can only fund uh, the men of Algeria and, and help meekness only because that there are some people that are paying their tithes. Amen. That's the only reason that I'm able to do that because I'm just a poor man myself. But I'm nowhere as poor as I used to be because that God has poured out blessings upon me for being obedient to him by putting him first, by not oppressing the convert, by not oppressing the Gentile convert, by not oppressing the people. Amen. Verse 6, For I am Jesus your Theos, and I am not changed. Hebrew 13, verse 8. Amen. But you, the sons of Jacob, have not refrained from the iniquities of your forefathers. You have perverted my statues and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, saith Jesus Almighty. But you said, Wherein shall we return? Where, where did we do wrong? Where did we not keep your commandments? And God's response is, Will a man stop Jesus? And I did already check this out a long time ago. That's correct. That's what it says in the Greek Septuagint. Will you stop Jesus? Will a man stop Jesus? For you stop me. But you say, wherein have we stopped you? In that the tithes and the first fruits are still with you. You have kept them. You have not given them. Now, New American Standard, King James, all those Masoretic texts say, a man has robbed God. Where have we robbed him? But the Greek Septuagint says that people have stopped on God. Stepped, you know, put him under their feet. So God is very insulted by people not giving the tithes. Amen. We can uh, think about, I think very much right now about Matthew 25. 
That if we have not done it unto the people in need, then we have not done it to Him. Amen. So when we don't help the widows and orphans and prisoners and, and converts in Africa, then we're not helping Jesus. And Jesus feels insulted and even attacked. Amen. And this is the responsibility not just for the rich, but for every one of us, for every person that claims to be a follower of God. Amen. It is every person's responsibility. Even the widow, even the orphan, even the poor, even those that we will be given the money right back to. It is every person's responsibility to do their part, to give their part of the tithes and offerings into the work of God, and to trust God for the blessing. Amen. To trust God for the provision. That God is faithful. That if we do our part, He will do His part. If we bring the fish and the bread, He will multiply it. If we bring our last coin, He will multiply it. If we bring our last cruise of oil or meal, He will multiply it. Amen. And it says here, in verse 10, the year is completed and you have brought all the produce into the storehouses. But there shall be plunder thereof in his house. Return now on this behalf, saith Jesus Almighty. See if I will not open up to you the torrents of heaven and pour out my blessing upon you until you are satisfied. And I will appoint food for you. And I will not destroy the fruit of your land. And your vine in the field will not fail. So he, he says, if you would trust me, if you would pay your tithes and offerings, if you would do your part to help the poor and the ministry and the Levite, the minister, minister then God will bless you. Now I've said many times that the blessings are spiritual and not really physically. But I'm going to correct myself right now that actually God will bless you physically. He may not make you rich, amen, but the more that you give to God and to the poor and to the oppressed and to the work of God, the more he will give you, absolutely, I guarantee you. You may not end up being a rich man because that actually would be a punishment. That would be the worst thing God could do for you. So you probably won't end up being a rich man because God doesn't want to curse you for your obedience. Amen. But he will definitely provide for you and multiply that fish. Multiply those coins. He will absolutely multiply your money. Because the Bible does teach that. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching that he'll give you a brand new car. Mercedes or a Lincoln. But. Or a Mustang. But he will definitely. 
multiply your money and bless you and your food. Amen? He will absolutely do it. I have seen it time and time and time again. I am the perfect witness of that. He does it. Amen. The, you cannot outgive God. Amen. You cannot outgive God. If you give to Him, He'll give to you. If you put Him first, He will bless you physically as well as spiritually, as well as mentally and emotionally. He will absolutely bless those that bless Him and bless others. Amen. He absolutely will do it. There's other verses that apply as well, which we don't even have to turn to because you should already know those verses. And if you don't, look them up about pressed down and shaken together. And that's not just spiritually, but physically. He will fill up those wells of deep poverty. And you will not suffer as much anymore. If you put others first, if you trust God, if you have faith in God, if you regain faith, if you regain obedience, God will absolutely bless because that is his nature. Amen. He is faithful. He is the amen. He is the faithful. Amen. God is good. Test God. In his faithfulness. And see if he won't pour out a blessing. When you do your part. Amen. And I believe too many people. Don't really and truly trust God. And I also believe that too many people. Use excuses. There are carnal excuses. Other than only just poverty, but other excuses as well that they use. That it's too hard, it's too difficult, it's impossible. I believe God can make a way. Amen. Well, that is the sermon, but I do have a special announcement. It's pretty exciting, I think. Special announcement is that I did discover that the music app called Spotify, which I use to listen to music to myself, I love Spotify. They have the ability to where I can upload, uh, well, not really upload, but uh, give the information to Spotify, and then they feed it, they feed it through their servers from, directly from TalkShoe. And they will play anything I upload to TalkShoe. I can upload it to TalkShoe, any type of audio, and then Spotify will recognize what I have uploaded and make it available to people on their music app. And this is a huge opportunity, absolutely huge, because Spotify, uh, millions of people use Spotify. It's very popular. It's a very good app, and uh, you can type in 
is already available right now. If you have Spotify, which is free to use, you can type in this gospel of the kingdom and search for that, this gospel of the kingdom, and find it and listen to the sermons on there. And I will also be able to upload on TalkShoe, and then Spotify will get it, even AOB audio uh, and the audio for the articles uh, or any other type of audio that I want to upload. And Spotify will grab it and post it. Now, it looks like they say that it might be the next day, but I don't think that's really true. I think it's just a few hours where I have to test it, see how quick that it will grab, like, today's broadcast. Uh, we'll see, of course, now, TalkShoe has been really messing up a lot lately. And the last two weeks, I've had to go back and upload the broadcast. It really didn't even record it for some reason. I don't know why. We'll see how that goes today. But nevertheless, I can on TalkShoe, even if it doesn't work to record it live, I can upload it later, and then Spotify will grab it. So it will still work one way or another. And once I do get it uploaded, it'll either take a couple of hours, or it may take the next day for the sermon to appear on Spotify, as well as AOB audio and articles and whatever else we decide or be led to upload to that. So... There's a lot of ways we can use that. And I would like for everybody to pray about that, that God will use it, that God will bless it, that people will search for certain words and that they will find it and listen to the sermons on Spotify. Uh, people that have never heard of the ministry, that they might be looking maybe for a particular gospel song. And maybe that will pull up a sermon uh, that has a certain keyword or something that maybe they would find it by happenstance or rather by God's leading. Amen. Pray that God will consider uh, using it for his glory and for the deliverance of people. Bring people more into the truth. Amen. God is good. Amen. That's a great opportunity, I believe. Amen. And uh, Brother Robert just got a new job, and I'm excited about that. I think it's a great opportunity for him, and I believe, as I believe, it's definitely from God, and a blessing and a provision for him in more way than one. So I praise God for that, and. Uh, Praise God for uh, other things. I praise God for two two pastors in Algeria. I praise God for uh, all of our brothers and sisters across the world. Amen. I don't understand what you mean, Kiki, because uh, private chat, wouldn't that be, are you talking about private chat on 
MeWe because you would still have to log into MeWe if you wanted me to upload the sermon to your private chat you would still have to upload in MeWe well you still you would still have to sign into MeWe so if I if I post it on private chat or rather I post it in the group either way you would still have to log into MeWe wouldn't you so well, we'll get it figured out All the notes, okay. Yeah, for those that definitely do listen uh, to the sermon, I could probably work that out to send uh, the notes um, in another manner, perhaps email or something like that, for those that definitely listen to the sermons. We can work that out for sure. Yes, we can do that. Okay. um, You think there's anything else or any other days popping up? That's amazing. The heavenly signs, the three heavenly signs. And one point I didn't make is on those three heavenly signs, uh, the first one being uh, this past weekend that just passed by, uh, first day of summer, and then the 4th of July, and then December 21st. This is only six months' time. So this is three heavenly signs in just a small time space of six months. I think that's very significant. And being the sun, the moon, and the stars... I think that's very significant, even in that order. And uh, I think it is a warning about Trump. could be wrong, but I believe it's a warning about Trump. Uh, The middle symbol or sign having to do with the 4th of July, having to do with America, and then the history of the presidents. And what happened to them? So many of them. Seven U.S. presidents died in office. And I'm not saying that Trump will, but I'm saying that Trump could either be impeached or annulled or removed from office or even lose the election, which is very possible, or be assassinated. Either one of those, some way or another, that he would be removed from office even if just losing the election. I believe that this is very possible. Uh, When you look at everything that's going on in the world, I believe it's very possible that he could lose the election. And uh, it would be a horrible thing. Uh, But we know that horrible things are coming. Amen. Just because it's horrible doesn't mean that... uh, It's not going to happen. Amen. There's a lot of horrible things that happen in life. And they have to happen as part of life. Amen. Well, I praise the Lord for what he's been teaching lately. Amen. We've got a lot of work to do. Pray for me, my strength, energy. Uh, I think three articles have got to be done this week. The Philo article, the Logos article, 
And I got to finish the Divorce from Unbelievers article. I got to try my best to finish three articles in these five days. So pray for me about that. And pray, pray, pray for the pastors and congregations in Nigeria. That's a very dangerous place for a true believer. Amen. And uh, pray for all of us and all your brothers and sisters and all the new people. Praise God for today's message. And I let everybody go before I fall on my face because I have no sleep. Neither has Robert. He, his new job was third shift. So neither one of us has had any sleep. So I let you go. God bless you, everyone. In Jesus' name. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.